Hello, my friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I have a special guest on with me today, somebody that I truly adore and admire, and I know you guys are going to love her too. I have Jessica Brown on the podcast today, and we're talking about two of her specialty topics, which are empowered eating and body bullying. And I feel like this this may be your first introduction to Jess, but I know you guys are going to adore her as much as I do. Jess is a mom of two boys, wife to a police and SWAT officer, a lover of Jesus, a mountain girl all the way. She loves all things outdoors, but Jess is also a registered dietitian and a board certified specialist in sports dietetics and eating disorder treatment. She's the host of the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. I love her podcast, you guys. I swear I've listened to every single episode and she loves to spread the word on why empowered eating is the absolute best life. So I'm so excited for you to listen into our conversation today. And don't forget, I have left all of the links that we talk about, all the info on Jess and where you can find her down in the show notes below this episode. So let's jump right in. Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to today's episode where we have a special guest on. Jess Brown, registered dietitian, and I am actually a subscriber of her podcast, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, and I am so excited to have Jess on today. So you heard a little bit about Jess in her bio, but welcome, Jess. Thank you so much, Joelle. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, and today we're going to be talking about two topics that Jess truly is so significant and so empowered and so amazing at teaching. And that is first, we're going to talk about body bullying, and mm-hmm. then we are going into empowered eating two things that Jess has like coined. And as soon as I heard both of these, like, um, super significant and su- what's the word I'm looking for? Like super catchphrase topics. I was like, Jess, you got to come on to my <laughs> podcast. Talk to my ladies about this because what, how do you define body bullying? Let's begin there. I love that. So first of all, thank you again for having me super stoked to be here. And you know, it's funny. I went on a run this morning. I don't usually run on Tuesdays. It's not my thing. But I went out and my dog was driving me insane, but it's like the perfect way to drive or to describe body bullying. (laughs) So like I have, do you have dogs? Yes. Okay. What kind of dog do you have? I have a black lab. His name is Cash. He's actually a little nap right there. Oh, I bet he's like, labs are super sweet and chill, aren't they? He is. He he really is. Especially he's older. So he's just like laying, but he's got a fierce bark. So if we hear him. 
might my jump out of your seat. <laughs> right? So I love labs. They're like, their temperament is super chill. I do not have a chill dog. I have a German shepherd. Oh and gosh. She, yeah. She's gnarly. Is, are you running the dog or is no, your dog running she's you? She's running me. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Oh, better picture of what's happening on Tuesday. Right. Got it. Right. So I take her out this morning and I have, she Exactly. She pulls me, she runs me. And I've got one of those like leashes that goes around my waist because I can't even hold her anymore. Cause I start to like twist my body and it hurts my shoulder. <laughs> and so I've got her on my waist and she's got this like personality that's just driven and strong and runs the show. Now I could like spend time and train her <laughs> and help like rein her in. But the reality is like I run her twice a week it's, it's just, I can't do it, you know, but I have to endure it, but it really makes it hard. And I think like the words body bullying remind me of her personality. Like we have these personality traits that are like my German shepherd that are bold and big and they can really like run the show and control us if we don't put the effort in and learn how to rein those personality traits in. So like to take it even farther this morning, I'm running her and she gets super triggered by other dogs and we're running and like another dog pulls up and then she like starts getting competitive and it triggers her and she starts pulling me more. And then she gets even crazier when it's a guy on a bike going by. And then this morning, no joke, a guy on a bike with a dog in the back basket went by (laughs) and she went nuts. And I just, I felt like I was so irritated. And then I was like, wait, this is a really good parallel for the body bully is like, we, we get these, personality traits like perfectionism or um, like we have a competitive drive to us and we can channel that into our body and make it like an obsession where we just beat ourselves up and then it makes the experience of life really uncomfortable. Like she makes my run really annoying. (laughs) And then we have triggers that come in that like make our body bully flare up, you know? And so it is like a journey that we really have to work on. And And this idea of body bullying is really just something that, um, you know, can just wear at you and wear at you and pull you and tug you, I think, in directions you don't want to go. And it's something our culture sets us up to struggle with because we've got images of women with perfect, quote, perfect bodies everywhere that's also ever evolving and changing. And we have to really learn how to identify those thoughts in our heads that are controlling how we view our body, our relationship with our body, and learn to redirect them in a way that's productive and helpful and, you know, not something that beats us up. Yeah. And I can think of it myself many times where I body bullied myself when it was like over a certain pant size or um, comparison when you're at the pool or at the beach or around other women or seeing images on Instagram. There's so many times where I, we are our own worst critics, right? Like we truly are. We truly only pay attention to the flaws. And it was like when I worked with a mindset business coach that we kind of uncovered some of the body bullying that I had going on mentally was rippling effect into all areas of my life, business and personal and emotional, physical and all of that. And when she gave me an activity to sit in front of the mirror and like get, look myself in the eye and give myself compliments, it was so uncomfortable. And I was like, but why? 
Why is that so uncomfortable to acknowledge? And even another journal practice that I had was being grateful for the person that I am. And when I journaled on that, at first it was like, you immediately could pay attention to all the things that you are not. But Mm -hmm. instead of focusing and when we're putting it into a body perspective of everything our body has done for us, everything our body has helped us walk through in life, that difference in appreciation is acknowledging and an intentional mindset shifts and self-talk, right? Right, right. Well, and to your point, like when you have those underlying body bullying thoughts where you think something's fundamentally wrong with your body or you carry those insecurities, like that's going to show up in anything in life, in your relationships, in your business, and the way you interact with other people. And like we may not even directly notice it, but it's like if we go into, so for example, if you're going out on a date, whether it's a new date or someone you've been in a relationship with for a long time, like if you're uncomfortable, in your body and you're sitting there and you're wearing a piece of clothing that like triggers that, that feeling you're not fully present at the date and you're not able to like be your real self because you're sitting there going like, Oh, my pants are tight. Oh, did I have a gained weight? Like, Oh, I shouldn't have eat those nachos last week. Like you start going down this little train and it distracts you from the present moment. And I think it's really a life thief and it's something that really, really limits us in what we're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. What's one small thing that you think women could do to change? So when I think of body bullying, I actually think of it on a spectrum. So I think like on the one side, there's the body bully, which is like discomfort in our body and we just don't like it. And we're ugly and mean. And we say things to ourselves that we would never say to anyone else, but they can, we can move along this spectrum. And I don't think it's a switch from like body bully to body love. You know, I think it's more of a process. And along that process, there's like body um, tolerance where I may not love my body, but I'm just, I'm tolerating the discomfort of it. And then there's body appreciation, which I think is a lot of what you do, right? Where it's like, here, I'm moving in my body and here I'm, how I'm going to express my body in a certain way and build upon the physical strengths that I have. And then from there, we can move to um, body love and self-care and all of those things. So I think like wherever you are on the spectrum, the best thing to do is like inch towards the next place and try not to be overwhelmed from like going from the body bully all the way to body love. Cause sometimes that's just unrealistic. It's too far fetched, right? Right. Your mind goes, no, you don't. No, yeah. you don't. <laughs> you don't really right. love that you have extra skin on your tummy and it sticks out a little bit. Like it's jigglier than what it used to be. Your, your brain goes, nope, I don't love right. that. But I love how you said it goes to like, tolerance and then Mm -hmm. acceptance. And then it's like, um, one step out of it at a time instead of leaping forward and your brain just keeps going. -uh, -uh." Yeah. Yeah. And like along the way, you know, I love that journaling exercise that your coach recommended. That's awesome. And one of the ones I like to do with my clients is like the name 10 things you do like about that body part or your body and you have to get really creative. So for example, if we have, you know, women are, we always pick at our stomachs and then especially it gets worse post kid. If you have kids and you know, your stomach is just not the same. Um, but finding 10 things you do like and appreciate about it. And usually like one or two will come pretty quick. Like I like my stomach digest my food, or I like that there's organs behind it, but then we have to start getting creative. You know, like I, I like that I have a belly button. Cause that was 
what my lifeline to my mom and what grew me, you know, we have to start thinking of it from a lot of different angles and it expands and it changes our brain physiology when we have to think outside the box about one specific body part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm so excited to kind of roll into your expertise. I love listening to your podcast episodes on empowered eating and how, So I'm really just going to let you define empowered eating because there's a lot of other phrases out there Mm -hmm. associated where people may think this is the same thing as that, but I want you to kind of explain your definition of empowered eating. Awesome. Yeah. So I came up with the idea of empowered eating. I was actually talking to one of my colleagues, Bryn Smith. She's another dietitian. I have her on my show often, but um, we were talking about this idea of intuitive eating, which I'm a huge fan of. There's a lot of research to support it, but I personally struggled with it because I have a history of an eating disorder. Um, I'm super busy. And so the idea of eating intuitively, sometimes it's discouraging to me because I don't feel like I have the capacity to always be like listening intently to my body or sitting down and eating my food. Cause sometimes I'm lucky to get through a drive through and get Chick-fil-A and feed my kids while I'm on to the next thing. And so this idea of empowered eating was really kind of pulling from that like base of intuitive eating, which is balancing internal awareness, which is our biofeedback, our biological cues with nutrition education, which is a lot of what I do and work with my clients with, but then layering this top piece, which is your values. And if you've ever worked with anyone that does values work, basically what it is, it's identifying the top three to five things you value in life and letting that be what dictates your choice. And this is something that can like transcends food. Like it goes on to fitness. It goes on to relationships. You know, my top five are, um, health, family, faith, wisdom, and then meaningful work or influence. And so when I think about empowered eating, it's pulling all three of those components together. It's taking my values as the base to establish like what my health goal is and then balancing like this internal awareness of what my body's saying about food and my nutrition education and my understanding, you know, about just the basics, like what kind of protein I need, how much, but it's when all three of those intersect that we can make empowered eating choices and have a relationship with food that really can navigate anything in life. I mean, that can navigate the nine to five work schedule because I'm on a schedule that can help me navigate my vacation and eating what I want on vacation because that's in alignment with my family values and I don't have to feel guilty for deciding to eat what I want to eat at that point. Um, It really helps you navigate, like I said, anything and any season of life. Yeah. And I love that because it's about being so flexible, but yet specific. And everybody wants to be more intentional, more intentional Mm -hmm. in life, more intentional nutrition, more intentional with fitness and screen time. Every, the word intentional is just so buzzword right Mm -hmm. now. And I I would imagine like intuitive and intentional kind of go hand in hand. But Mm -hmm. what I love about your empowered eating is it's really specific empowered choices. You know, you really set that foundation to decide what it looks like to you because by you describing empowered eating, it wasn't saying it looks like this and it looks like this for everybody else. Everybody gets to decide what this 
looks like to them based on your own personal values. Mm -hmm. And there are times when values change. So the principles of what you teach are so beautiful because anyone who is following this and doing your program and all of that can take it into different seasons of life. Because yeah, there's sometimes where it's like, I'm going to rein it in. And sometimes where you're like, I'm going to not rein it in so much, you you know, and that, that is seen as on track, off track, but really by what you teach, it's empowered eating by making those choices based on values. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I love that you mentioned that because what's interesting about it though, is that's probably one of the biggest obstacles people come up against in this model is because we do live in a culture that has so much nutrition information readily available. And so a lot of times when people meet with me initially, they're like, well, what do I eat? What do I eat? Just tell me what to eat, Jess. And that'll fix everything. But what I really like push and I believe wholeheartedly in is like, we can't just do the nutrition education piece because that sets people up to feel like they're failing. You know, they'll be able to do it for a couple of weeks and then life happens. They go on vacation or somebody gets sick or somebody loses a job or, you know, whatever, because I always say in the game of life, life always wins. And we have to have those other pieces in place to be able to navigate it and not like go back to the place of shame because when we're in that place of shame and we're in the body bullying space, it's like, we just, that's when we throw our hands up and are like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I just, I won't take care of myself. And that's not a protective place or productive place to be either. Right. Exactly. And I know with this comes up a lot of fear for ladies Mm -hmm. with like, you know, that education standpoint makes women feel like they're in control. Mm -hmm. And when we follow plans or diets or certain things, we feel like we're doing good. Like this is good. We're doing the good things that the science tells us to do. And what advice do you have for those women who have fear of gaining weight when they start empowered eating or start letting go of restrictions and diet plans and all of that. Like they, they can really fear, well, if I don't have any control or deprivation, then, and I'm left to my own devices, I don't know if I can trust myself and I'm going to gain weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, first of all, I I just have to say, yes, that is so common, but what a bummer that we're told we're not trustworthy you know, and that we're, we're not worthy and our bodies aren't worthy of being trusted because we live in our bodies and we better get comfortable in there because we're here for life. So like, first of all, what a bummer that we're taught that, but the reality is we are, and it is very scary to let that go. So I have a couple of things. So number one is like considering what's the alternative. So the alternative is to keep doing what you've been doing and take a look at that. Like, how is that working for you? Is that living within a, in alignment with your values? Do you feel like you're happy with your relationship with food? And if the answer is no, then it's like, well, we got to try something new. You know, I'm sure you've heard that statement before. Like the um, change doesn't really happen until uh, oh, I'm going to mess it up. What is it? The change doesn't really happen until the pain of remaining the same outweighs the pain of change. Right. So there is this fear space, but it's like the alternative is to stay the same and looking at what that that will lead you to in the life that that causes you to live. It's like, all right, let's, maybe this is worth the leap of faith. And then the other, the other tool I have is, uh, try it for two weeks, you know, try it for two weeks and like nothing crazy can happen to your body weight in two weeks. 
I mean, worst case scenario, you gain five pounds, but chances are it's water weight, glycogen shifts. I mean, you can get it. You know how to diet, so you can get it back off really quick. So try it for two weeks and see if your worst case scenario happens. And this is quite honestly what a lot of like my first initial appointments look like where it's like, let's just try it. We're going to reconvene in a couple weeks. And if your worst case scenario has happened, I will be here and we're going to handle it but I've never had that happen. (laughs) So it's like, but if you put the timeline on, there is that safety net of like, I can reevaluate and see if, if something crazy did happen and then I can go back to my own ways, but you got to give it, it's like a leap of faith. You know, you got to give it a shot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know you guys listening know that I struggled for a while, completely ditching the scale. And when I had said on my like personal story podcast, kind of updating on my own personal health and fitness goals. It was from you and a handful of other business coaches and just people I was hiring myself being like, well, if the scale is causing you so much stress, ditch it out. And when you bring up, like, I I feel like one message I'm feeling really pulled to say right now is ladies, just because if you follow something super strict and, and you see like a quick two to three pound loss, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily the best route or working in the right mm-hmm. way for your metabolism and your hormones. That's for dang sure. Right. Cause I know yeah. Jess, you're all about like ditch that scale, try it for a month. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. You'll be happier for it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jess has a really awesome episode on the scale. I, I listened to that probably right when you put that out into a podcast, or maybe you were talking with a client or something like that, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to ditch that scale. And did you do it? I did from January to March. I didn't step on it, stepped on it in March. And I was kind of, I, I could definitely come in with a more neutral attitude towards Mm -hmm. it when I stepped Mm -hmm. on it. And I was just like, oh, okay. It's one checkpoint, but because I had been feeling so good in the day to day, my energy, I was having fun with my workouts. I was Mm -hmm. eating in alignment to my values. I was empowered eating. I was like, okay, you know, like that number is what it is. It's a checkpoint. I also took measurements and I'm like, I'll kind of evaluate it quarterly, I think just for that progress. Because I remember even seeing this was so interesting. An influencer literally tracked her weight every day for three months because she just wanted to show women how much like fluctuation is normal. And it was crazy to see like in the first 30 days, the second 30 days and the third 30 days, there was that correlation of like, oh, it was up a little bit on here. And she didn't put into that aspect of like what day of her cycle she was on. But I was like, that would have been very interesting to know too, because yeah, that extra retention of water weight, like just because you drop it quickly doesn't mean you're on a really good plan. That's going to help you lose weight really, really fast. It's really just depleting your body of glycogen, which is causing a quick dip in some water weight. So, right. Yeah. You know, I love that because you're touching on like the dynamic nature of our bodies, which is another thing that I think the scale robs us of because we look at that single data point and I love how you took a break because it gave you space to like feel the other feels like I feel good. I'm eating within my values, you know, and if you have that scale, we get so focused on the one data point. We forget how dynamic in nature our bodies are. And I know you talk a lot about that in terms of like our hormones and, and what happens as we go through our cycle 
but we also see that just like in terms of like what we ate. So for example, if you eat like a high sodium food content one day, you're going to retain more water the next day. And that, yeah, that's going to show up on your weight. Does that mean you've gained two pounds of body fat? No. Right. Right. And it's like, we just get so hung up on, we think like this, how my body is right now at this moment in time is how it will be forever. And really it's like, no, we're so, our body's so amazing. And it, it fluctuates and it changes and it's very dynamic in nature, depending on the season of life, our age, our cycle. Um, yeah. So I think just like considering that, that even if two weeks of empowered eating and worst case scenario, you gain weight, it's like, all right, well, you don't have to keep that forever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And why don't you just, as we kind of wrap up here, why don't you share with us a little bit about your program and maybe if you want to share just one thing, like one tactical thing that will help them move towards empowered eating, but then go on to explaining really who it is you help and what, what it is that you teach. And then we can just wrap it up. This has been so fun, but I'm like, they got to know what Jess is is (laughs) up to and doing and, and share it with the world. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations e-course and I walk through seven different modules. It's like my process that I've fine-tuned and tweaked and put together over the last 10 years where um, we really do balance these three things of empowered eating. So we work on ditching the body bully by really identifying what your values are and creating like the healthiest me vision statement through those values. And then from there we go into like the internal awareness. How does my body respond to food? How can I reconnect with my hunger and satiety cues? And of course, I mean, you, you study dietetics and nutrition, so you know I like get super nerdy about all the science and the nutrition into that. Um, but then we layer on like the nutrition education piece of like how much food does my body need according to like the science. And then we overlap all three, um, have lots of logging tools in there. But the goal of it is to, by the end of this, the, um, the course is you will have identified what your values are, what the healthiest version of you looks like and how your relationship with food can be molded to live within those values to your full capacity. And I think- I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you. I think, and you had asked for one tactical thing, like my favorite thing to help women work through is letting go of that good and bad food list, because I think we all have one and you know, whether it usually starts really young, like somebody, mom, aunt, sister, whoever said something like, don't eat that because it'll whatever. Right. We all have it. Mine was like, don't eat bread because it's like, you might as well attach it to your butt. I think that was right, like right. <laughs> the one, but um, yeah, like taking that good or bad food list and learning to replace it with how your body responds to food. So like when I eat bread, how do I feel? Like, do I actually feel like my cellulite grew like, no. <laughs> so, you know, helping them challenge that. And I think you can really do that with some biofeedback and um, seeing what your energy level is, how you sleep and, you know, how your energy sustains throughout the day. Um, yeah. So I think that's my favorite one. Cause then it's like, you're a kid, you rediscover what foods you love and why you love food. And it's like a little, you know, get and back in touch with just the joy of it. That's so practical and tactical. And it is is so empowering because for example i can give an example of literally right before we hopped on here i had i had breakfast for lunch because i was 
just have eggs and peppers and stuff in the house. (laughs) Grocery shopping so bad. And then I had my husband for Father's Day had gotten the this like candy situation from the kids from Father's Day from their daycare provider. And I was like, oh, should I go dive into that candy this afternoon? Mm -hmm. And I literally thought, like, yes, I do love those gummy candies. I can get down with some candy big time, (laughs) but I'm doing a podcast interview next. And I really want to bring my best energy. And I know when I do eat candy, I get a huge dip in energy around two to three o'clock. And so my choice to not have the candy wasn't because candy is really bad for you. It was because my, how my, I know my body responds to candy. Now, if I, and so Saturday, my husband and I went on a road trip together, no kids, 24 hours. It was a fun time. We ate ate candy on that road trip (laughs) drive because I was like, it kind of like, I don't have to share with the kids. I don't have to like have these, you know, sugar crazy kids after it. So I'm like, I am going to get some candy for our road trip. And so it's kind of that empowered eating Mm -hmm. choices aligned with my values that have empowered me. And I have learned a lot of this through your podcast. So you guys, you definitely need to go to Jess, Jess's podcast, Fuel Her Awesome. I will link down all of her stuff down in the show notes, as well as her course, because it is a really complimentary course to the Feminine Fitness Foundations, because a lot of you want to let go of these rules and restrictions and stop fighting with food to work with your body instead of against your body. And food plays a big role in that. And you have to redefine that relationship that you have with food. And Jess is like the person that can help you do that because I've listened to all of her shows. You guys go and listen to all of her shows and you're going to absolutely love her stuff. So thanks Jess for being on today. Thanks so much for having me.